Thank you for coming, for attending this Dharma talk. Thank you for all of your help in supporting this community, both by attending, by practicing, and by financially supporting us. We need your help. Please continue if you can. The title of the talk is, as I remember correctly, is commenting on what arises. To something happens and we, instead of just receiving what that is, we comment on it. We, we look at it. We think about it. We judge it. We evaluate it. We conclude things about it, about, 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 about. Rarely do we receive something as it is, unless it's something that is so intense that we can't help but receive it. So it's not about not doing that. It's not about not commenting. It's about awareness. As I've said many times, it's about awareness that whatever shows up, you're adding something to it. Just to be aware that you're commenting on it, you're judging it, evaluating it, condemning it, accepting it, liking it, disliking it. Sometimes they feel rather like knee-jerk reactions. The, the, the teaching out of Yogacara tradition and, and other places similar as uh, the trees, Swabhava Nirdesa, I think it's called technically, Three, the three uh, own beings, uh, the dependently risen, the, the uh, imaginary commentary on that, and then the three, the third one is uh, the perfected nature or seeing, seeing what this is fundamentally. All of them are real and unreal. They're real in that they're there and they're unreal in that they, they don't have a separate. Cubby hole. They're teaching devices, ways to talk about what this is. If you see what this is, you won't know it. And when I say that, I don't mean that you'll be oblivious. You'll be wandering around in space, bumping into the <clears throat> the woodwork. It means that you'll actually see what this is. And that kind of knowing is not a relative knowing. If we wanted to go further into that, we would say it's ultimately knowing what it is. And what is it? Not separate. The separation that you see is an illusion. What is actually there is not, you're not separate from that. That's why this is called uh, perception only, consciousness only, not the object, not the subject, not the perceiver, not what is perceived, but excuse me, just the perception. Consciousness only. It's not something you can think your way into and see. You would have to see this and then back into the conceptual area to be able to come up with such a uh, algorithm as trees, Ababa, Nerdesa. Did I say that right? Those of you who are know stuff. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, you. That was a thumbs up. So again, coming back to what I said uh, in the beginning, is it's not about getting rid of anything. It's about seeing that something shows up and you have a comment. It's like food is served and you immediately put salt on it without even tasting it. We do this all the time. We do it in whatever shows up, whatever rises, could be just in the mind stream. It's happening in the mind stream as we're sitting. That's why it is so important to, to practice sitting meditation and to practice doing what? Just observing what shows up. Don't add, don't subtract, don't, don't divide. But when I say don't do that, it's pretty hard to just not do that or control the, that whole dynamic. So. What do we do there? We just receive that we can't do that. Do it. And we receive that we are that that doesn't quite work to just not do that. 
it's also uh, called uh, Paratantra, Parikalpada, and Paranishpana. Those are the, I believe, are the Sanskrit words for the three own beings. I've talked about this before. Yeah, it would be good to have some questions around this to maybe um, go further into it based on how I understand this, because I'm not teaching out of what I've told. I'm teaching out of what I'm looking at. It just happens to align itself with something that I was told a long time ago. Yes. When you're bowing. So when you say perception only or consciousness only, and I believe then you said that you, it's not something you can back into. You have to see it or you can't conceptually. You can't go into it conceptually, but it's like you back into it. You, you see it. And then you see as, as the Buddha did 2,500 years ago. I'm looking at it. He probably said, but is there any way I can talk about this? Would he, would any, would this have any meaning to anyone? Should I teach this? And then his, as the story goes, as I have read about it, unless I'm misremembering, which is very possible, he was asked questions, began to teach out of what he was looking at. Sometimes you'll pick up a Dharma book of any number of titles and open it up randomly and start reading and you'll say, yep, without even having to read any further, this is what you see. I say, yep. Why you be? Sometimes. (laughs) Okay. So what is it about, what is it that shows up in the Dharma that over the centuries is, it seems almost permanent. It, 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 what is it that you see in those teachings that is what you see? Simply put, there's, there, aren't, there are no separate things. There's no separate beings. It's an illusion. You can actually look, if I just sit here and look at this computer screen, I can also make comments. I see people that I know you, their names. I know, um, I, I know, I know everyone here a little bit. I know everyone out here. I know this, there's all kinds of descriptions and commentaries and so on. But the actual situation, you're, you're able to see that also. You can see the relative situation. Very believable, but it's like watching a stage play. You realize that. It's there, but it's unreal. And when you see that it's unreal, you see that what is in front of you, you're not separate from. So it's like looking at yourself. This is quite often why the idea of a mirror is used in the teachings. It's like looking at yourself. But it's not the self, the ego self. It's your fundamental nature. Consciousness only. It just shows up as this being and this being these beings, and with an with incredible array of karma that is totally different from yours or mine, it's showing up over here or over there. So it gives us, provides us with, and inf- reinforces the illusion that we're separate beings. We all have our separate stories, separate karma. I bumped into an elm tree, but you bumped into an oak tree, so we're different. But we both bumped into trees. So we're keep, we use the differentiation. This is where the commentary comes from. It comes out of discriminating between this and that, picking and choosing right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. So to say it's not separate is, I think it's helpful. That whatever you're seeing that looks like it's separate things, you shave off your beard. Why? It's too long. Huh? It was too long. It's a good response. You look a lot older. Nah, you look younger. More? Sir? James, am I? What do you mean when you say be genuine? Well, the beginning of that, when I say that, this is something that my teacher, Chogim Kung Parimpache, said to 
me and his students back in the 70s and after that somewhat. Be genuine. It's just be the crap you're trying to get rid of or cover up is the way I interpret that, understand that, and actually teach that. And this means that don't blame any, anything for how you feel. Don't blame anyone, even though they, they're triggering your emotions. Those are your emotions. You, you can be those emotions. Don't miss your life. Don't be someone else. This does not validate uh, any particular outflow, like attacking someone. It's okay because I'm just being genuine. No, genuine is just this. There's no particular activity. It's receiving nothing, nothing, nothing added to it. It's just that. And some of that initially is going to be a lot of looking at and being responsible for how you're not genuine, how you're buying into this idea, buying into this. You're, you're believing the propaganda of ego that protects an imaginary self from uh, harm. Yeah. I think I'm just trying to understand how to relate to the outflows with the inability to be genuine. How do I relate to the outflows when if I'm endeavoring to be genuine? Well, first of all, don't outflow. Don't do that. Don't outflow. And what you might find is you can't help it. So that puts you, you're, the consciousness, the awareness, right on the leading edge of the outflow. You're as close to the, the hair trigger as you're going to get without pulling it. So you're going to have to do it with awareness. You can't do it with a success story or a failure story. Go either direction and you've completely missed the fundamental nature of what this is. Which is what? Not to. This is why we face the wall. We sit down and give ourselves a very good dose of first noble truth. This doesn't mean there aren't some people who are doing sitting meditation who just love it. They feel so blissful. They feel this or that. Whatever, but this is a, a way to sit down, hold still, and watch the difficulty come and go without buying it, selling it, or ignoring it, without accepting it, rejecting it, or shutting down. Just this. And if we have that instruction and we are endeavoring to proceed in that manner, we might see there are certain ways where we have no say so about it. We cannot control that outflow. Seeing you can't control the outflow may not necessarily mean that you've just outflowed or you've just uh, yelled at somebody or shook your finger at them or, or any other dynamic. It might be much deeper than that, way before the activity. More? What is communication when endeavoring to receive the outflow what's arising? Listen. Listen and then listen with everything. Listen with your whole body. Body awareness. Am I getting close to what you're asking about, or does it seem like I'm answering someone else's question? Okay. Anything else? Hondo. Hondo Bali. What is it about our sitting practice where we're not discriminating, we're looking at what is showing up that helps us see consciousness only? You might have to to observe or watch a lot of things coming and going without comment, without accepting it, without rejecting it, and without ignoring it. You might have to do that for quite a while before the the that part of the consciousness that we thought was a self is seen as just consciousness. It doesn't belong to anybody. There's no one observing anything. There's just observing. That's usually how it would show us. There's no self here. So there's no there's no identity that needs protecting or advancing or no identity that's in trouble, no identity that is going to die, there's no identity that's going to live, no identity that gets to be right, no identity that has to be wrong. Nobody's there, just consciousness. But you might have to look at a lot of things coming and going before that shows up. And then the next thing that shows up, and it's not linear because it could show up before, is there's nothing that is observed. Actually, see that it's a play, that it is a, a, sh a charade or a, an act or a, a pretense of sorts. Things are there and they're intense, they're immediate, 
they're moving, there's energy there, but it's unreal. Has to be seen. Heard me say that 1,500 times. You have to see it. Not just eyes, but smell, taste, touch, hearing, sight, thinking, feeling, all of that will say to you, not separate, not separate. Until you see that it's not separate, and then that commentary will stop. There won't be any commentary. Go ahead. Is the illusion, the separation, as well as the object, bowing? The separation of the subject from the object, yes. We separate them out so that we can gain some kind of the illusion of control. What about that the object itself is an illusion as well? Yes, the object and the subject are unreal. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that there isn't something there that is pretty convincing, pretty believable. It isn't like you could say, "Oh, that's just an illusion." It's not going to work to approach it that way. It has to be seen. You have to watch what comes. You to watch what moves this way and that way until you see that that is an illusion. Nothing happens. But it's not a conclusion, nor is it a commentary. It's a teaching. Yes. I think I've heard you say you can't point to the truth. Probably. Is that because concepts are imaginary nature? If that's the case, how is it that you can, or any of us can recognize the truth, like Onyo was, or Ondo was saying, I'm sorry, like which, was saying. which <laughs> yo-yo are you talking about? Sorry. Unyo was saying earlier about you recognizing something in what you read. How can you recognize the truth if concepts are imaginary? I don't know. Ask her. I don't know what she's talking about. What are you talking about? Can you help her? When you open any Dharma book and read any line, it the way you I've heard you relate it is that it's the truth. Okay. That's, uh, what's your question about that? Was it divine? How can, how can you recognize the truth in something that's conceptual or imaginary because it's pointing it's pointing away from it from the statement itself is pointing away have you ever contemplated the, the three natures something is dependently risen we had our commentary to it and that's the the confusion that's the delusion But if we see what is dependently risen, we see there is no separate situation happening there. That's the illusion. And we, we see that when we add to it, that's unreal, that's imaginary. We see that all the way through. Uh, this is the perfected nature. And all three of them are non-existent. They're empty of what they're pointing at. You cannot find uh, a linchpin anywhere, you can't find a place to hang your hat on anything just because of the nature of the illusion and the nature of the penitent arising, Ratija Samadpada. It looks like, it looks real, it looks like there's this and then that caused that and then they pushed on this and then these people reacted that way and went this direction. It's incredibly realistic and uh, seductive to cause us to think we can jump right into that and stop it or start it or protest against it. More? Well, so good I had a question in another area. 
Um, earlier, you also said that you were talking about how we comment on everything, and I think you said unless something so intense arises that you can't comment on it. My experience of something that intense arising is that it comes with discomfort or, or some kind of raw okay. suffering. Is that suffering or discomfort a comment? A little bit. It's a reaction to it. We get we get we get habituated to that. It's not somebody that somebody can't come around the corner and you come around the corner and they scare you, startle you. So something like that can happen. Is that weird? Yeah. So um, there could be something there. One of the one of the ways you can sense this, get a, a feeling of this, is if uh, different times you'll be sitting doing sitting meditation, you're not really sure where you're at or if you're anywhere, and uh, but if you're wrapped up in thought and you're processing something this way, and gong rings, you'll jump because it brings you out of the nether world that you're creating and believing in and and trying to push down, fluff up, or do something. But if you're just in the room, you won't know it. And one of the ways you'll know it is no matter what happens in the room, you just receive it. Something could, uh, a whole uh, a butsudan, hopefully it doesn't fall over, but the whole butsudan just fell over because a leg broke and crashed behind you. You may not move at all. If someone... Uh, Maybe a, a, a window might be up and might slam, or or the wind might catch a door and slam. You'll notice one time that'll happen, and you'll jump. Another time you'll you'll happen. It'll happen, and you just hear it. You don't leave what you just heard for what it was, or what you might a split second later you might realize it was the door. But you also notice there was no real reaction to it. Nothing really startled you because it did not uh, enter into into a protected area called your thought process, your paranoia. You're actually beginning to understand yourself what samadhi is not separate it's just a way of saying it maybe you've never had that experience has anyone here not had that experience and let me then i will ask you the next question will be how much do you sit has anyone had that experience of just sitting and one time having the loud slamming door startle you and another time have it just show up it's not it's not an intruder because it's not separate from consciousness so you actually are consciousness only all the time you recognize that you just stop fighting with everything everybody you stop blaming everybody you just stop it because you see that you're not separate and it's not some fancy highfalutin exotic blue skies and hummingbirds it's it can be anything. It can be very, very negative feelings, very, very positive feelings, but they're dependently arisen. They have no center. They have no fringe. Knees, blah, blah, blah. There's no self there. They're empty of anything. You see it, you know it, and you, you realize it. And what you notice is no credential came with it. You can't even, can't even teach it. You can't even tell anybody about it because you just see it. Unless you find yourself in this situation where people are interested in what you have to say. So, you know, talk about it. More? Was it goodbye? You just said that negativity still might arise. Is yes. there a difference between negativity and the being startled or, or something intruding on that protected space? What? Mm. So, you mean like a toothache or something. I mean, nerve endings are still there, so you may feel attracted or hurt. Might have hurt your eardrums for the door to slam, so that might if it was the door right next to you. It might be too intense to just uh, include because you're not really including anything. You're just not you're just not keeping anything out. You 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 you're sitting in front of the wall or in front of the floor. You're holding still. You're just on receive, and you're so much on receive that you, you don't get a credential. You don't know that you're, you don't know you're what the conventional way of saying is in the present moment until something enters into that space with uh, a noise or some some kind of abruptness, and you notice that it doesn't startle you, doesn't frighten you, it just shows up. 
Now, if it's if it's a an M80, you know, or a, a hand grenade outside the window, probably you'll jump. <laughs> so it's just an example, yes? It sounds like you're saying if you're in the present moment and you're on receive. I don't usually say present moment. Did I just say that? So it's such a anymore. strong concept that the ego can use that while I'm just in the present moment, whereas you are all screwed up in your mind stream. I'm, I'm right here in the present, ready to listen to you. Haven't you been there in that space? A couple times. Go ahead. If you're just on receive, something may show up and you don't comment on it and create that suffering or that discontent that might come with it. Yes. But you've also said that anger can arise. So what is anger if it if it's not a commentary? Just anger. You don't have to stop being angry. If you try to stop being angry, you're gonna you're gonna end up end up in the ditch wrestling with your own alter ego whatever you want to call it, you're going to you'll fight with yourself because you think you shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't be angry. And then you'll lecture yourself. After all, they didn't mean to do that, or or this is my projections, or the, just conscious, uh, um, unconscious, uh, maybe conscious, but kind of a continuous gossiping about everything to ourselves. Excuse me. The, the fundamental difficulty is a, is a mistaken identity that there's a self. This doesn't reaffirm anything. There's a human form here, but there's no no solid being here or there. If you think there is, then you'll suffer yourself and you'll, you'll cause others to have difficulty also. That's why it's necessary to realize it. If you realize it, it's simple. And nothing nothing has been accomplished by it. There's no accomplisher, there's no credentials. The Buddha Dharma, awakened truth, Buddha, awakened Dharma, truth, without credentials, no proof. You don't you don't need to be able to recite uh, the thirty verses of Vasubandhu. But it might help if you study them a little bit because it will it will release some of those areas of the mind stream that are supported by concepts. And then the ego starts going in and trying to work with the concepts that are that are presented there and in other teachings by other teachers. Pretty hard to keep any kind of fabrication going, like belief in the self, belief in another, if you really look at those concepts closely, along with a lot of sitting meditation. Any question on Zoom? Terry Rowling. What, Terry? Um, what are you pointing to or aspect of consciousness that you're pointing to when you say falling away, falling away, and just falling? Falling apart? Um, Terry Rowling, maybe it is falling apart. It's just, the, I think the way I interpret it was falling away. But maybe it is falling apart. That sounds great. Um, well, falling apart. I'm quoting uh, Kobanchino Roshi when he when he translated the the Heart Sutra's mantra: "Gone, gone, gone beyond, gone completely beyond. Awake, so be it." His, uh, his translation was falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Uh, nothing to do, everything all at once. So his way of translating that I might probably had something to do with his personal experience, maybe of just seeing that all the structures he thought were true about himself or others, it just started to deconstruct itself just by looking at the construction, not going in and deconstructing. You don't have to disassemble that. Although you could, there are some people who are able to look at that and see what it is. And then, as I think I said earlier, back into the constructs. This is something that Vasubandhu was able to do. He was able to look at reality and then talk about it using concepts. And he did it in Sanskrit. Astonishing material.
So falling apart, it means that your your ideas of yourself, your beliefs, your opinions, they just start to come apart. If you have a path, the dharma. If you have a teacher, and if you have a community, and you have a, a practice, a way to continue to return to this, return to looking at the truth yourself. And you might have to look a whole bucket full of lies, your own, your own self-deception, your own belief in your emotions, your ideas, your feelings, and so on. It can be very, very discouraging, painful, and disappointing to do that. But if you continue, and you just do it anyway, with the possibly the inspiration of a teacher or the inspiration of the Buddha, words of the Buddha, the words of Asabandhu, the words of Asanga, the words of uh, Dogen Zenji, the words of uh, of uh, Chogyam Trungpa, Kobanchina Roshi, or other teachers that I haven't even heard about. Maybe you'll continue, because it does not look promising to continue on the path. It, it looks like the first noble truth over and over and over again, until you begin to see that it's because you want something, desire. That, that you, and when you want something, there becomes someone who desires, who gets reinforced. So the, the path eventually starts to show you that the desire is just self-existing. And what does a self-existing mean? That it's just coming out of dependent origination. There is no personhood there. It's an astonishing realization. It's enough to make you fall down and weeping. And you may do that because it's it's something you've looked at your whole life and missed and missed and assumed and blamed others and blamed yourself and blame, 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 which is unreal. And then you begin to see it. And as I said, my my idea would be falling apart, falling apart would be just falling down, sobbing about it. You may not sob. You may not shed a single tear. I never could understand why they use the word shed a tear, but they don't say shed spit, do they? Who are they? I think I'm going to shed some spit. Thank you. Uh, I think I'm going to, I'm trying to make a joke here. (laughs) We don't say I'm going to shed some sweat, but we shed a tear. We shed skin. Yeah, only if you're a reptile. (laughs) Or if you have a bad sunburn. That's very true. No, all all kidding aside, Terry, do you have another question around that? Uh, Terry, no, not at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Further questions? Naveed, you have a question? You look very questionable. Naveed Belling, I actually do have a question. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, yes, sir. When people get together, the chemistry between them seems like to bring out um, different aspect of them. Um, yes. Is that is that the same as not being separate? Belling. I think it has something to do with dependent origination to say that the, the chemistry that shows up between people helps us um, be somewhat taken in or seduced by our differences, which may be different in, a, in such a way that they're very complementary. So we just love each other because we're so different or we're so much alike that we uh, we don't like each other. We might go the other direction. We can't stand to be around that person because they're too much like me. So it could happen in any direction, but those are just ways that we personalize dependent origination. Not not incorrect, there's nothing wrong with that. The important thing is to watch the movement in any direction, and if you can, don't add anything to it, so that we eventually, over time, begin to see that there was no one, no being who produced anything, and there was nothing that was actually produced. It was an illusion. There is no next moment, but I'm saying, don't believe me, look, look at that. Look at this moment, and then look at the next moment. Look closely. Spend, spend some time looking at the wall and watch the so-called moment by moment. Is there such a thing? Find out. Thank you. Yes, sir. Nyoka bowing. Nyoka. 
question from YouTube from Michael Muskelly. What is death? Is it something that arises? Death? Death. Yes, no, it's something that goes away. So I'm not sure what you want to know by that, but it's just anything that shows up is going away. So it's if it's going away, then we call it death. It's just birth and death are not two different things. You can't have birth something without death. You can't have death without birth. So they're just like night and day. They're two names for the same thing. Of course, it, that may not be helpful to contemplate that, but it's a way of looking at it that will, by looking at it that way, you can, you can see more closely the way in which we grasp at one side and reject the other, grasp at the other side and reject the other, and then go back and forth trying to find some kind of uh, way of improving. Have not, we don't want to feel that way, so we try to feel this way, the polarity. If the world is full of this kind of warfare from the, from, coffee table in the living room over that to your workplace to the city you live in the country you live in the whole world is at odds not everyone is doing that some people are just trying to get something to eat you're vowing in the face of the landslide that you often refer to what is the role of patience vowing so just watch what's moving rather than project out on to this and that, which we can't help but do to some extent. But just watch the movement in your mind, in your mind stream as you live day to day. Don't do anything unless you have to do it. And if they have to, just if you just hold back and just watch what continues to shuffle around this way and that way, then there's a lot more of a possibility that you will interact with the rest of the world in a sane and respectful way. I also say respect the confusion, not only in others, but in yourself. Don't try to cover it up with being unconfused or getting rid of confusion. Do it with the awareness, with your, with your practice. Be responsible. In other words, whatever shows up in your mind, it's yours. No one caused it. Has no has no uh, source. Just looks like it. Good area for questions. If you have, we have one. Jews in mind. Is failing to receive still receiving? If you're if you're receiving that you're failing, uh, you, you can't receive that. That's awareness. So in that sense receiving the failure but if you're producing something blaming yourself blaming something some explanation around it i'm not saying there isn't some receiving going on but you might have quite a bit of work to do as far as just observe what this is just see what it is when you're looking at me not just you but anybody or me looking at someone else there are projections onto others you project onto me i project onto you we do this constantly all day long, uh, project onto others, onto the television screen, the Zoom screen. And it's not about getting rid of that. It's about seeing that you're doing it. If you can see that you're doing that, you won't be trapped by it. You might not feel really good, but you won't be trapped by your own uh, self-deception. When you say don't outflow, what shows up for me is I want to just shut down on what's showing up so that I don't outflow and can be a success. And then it seems like I can also just outflow and see that I'm failing to do that. Um, I'm not sure what ignorance looks like there, but I'm just not sure what just receiving looks like when there's already all those directions moving. Sounds good to me. Just keep looking at them. You're, you're describing something where you're frustrated or can't get a handle on it. And I'm, what I'm hearing you describe is awareness around that. It's the awareness around it that we're working with. That's why return to the wall, return to the teacher, return to the teaching, return to the community. Don't miss any of those three. They're all important. More? Is the frustration receiving? 
well, the frustration is suffering. So, yeah, that's your own personalized version of what the Buddha said. Jiuzan is suffering. You agree? You're awful, awfully quick to agree with that. It's easier to agree. Further question? Anyone on Zoom have another question? Have a few more minutes, if you wish. And you're bowing yeah. um, back to the concept of, or idea of patience. Yes. Are we waiting for anything when we are patient? Um, that's a conventional idea of patience, which is tapping your foot and that kind of waiting and waiting. When is the next thing going to happen? But what we're what is being pointed out here is uh, is just just watch what's occurring, which is also maybe watch what's not occurring. Just observe and observe the 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 the, the uh, impatience can show up as. Wanting something else, wanting something else. Second noble truth. Just look at it. Don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't ignore it. Simply put, and that's difficult to do, but that's a, a that is an awareness practice that is very close to shikantaza, even though it might be in the doctor's office. It's like it's not exactly this, but it's it's like. You don't care what happens next. At the same time, you're waiting in the doctor's office. But you notice fundamentally you're not concerned with it. But that doesn't mean you won't look at the clock or look over at the at the receptionist's desk and wonder if they're if they've noticed you. It doesn't mean you won't do that, but you you, you don't have a fundamental grievance with anything. You're all through with the warfare. And why? Because you see that everything's dependently risen. No one can be blamed for anyone. Even the, you could, but even the doctor in the office who's, who's taken an hour and a half to see you, I'm speaking of a particular situation that we went through not too long ago, and it was uncomfortable, but it was, it's just what happened. You don't know what, what it's like to, what the whole thing, you don't know, really know the big picture. And even if you did, it might be, the big picture might be, uh, the doctor hates you. And the last time I saw you, they, they got really sick to their stomach and every time they look at you, they just, no, could happen. You don't know that. So it's not his fault or her fault. No, it doesn't work for you. <laughs> what do you want to know? Did I miss what you're asking about? When you're bowing, let me take it in a slightly different direction. Okay. So it has to do with plans, making plans. No, don't make plans. When, when we want to have a meditation Buddha Hall, it seems like we have to make plans. Okay, then make plans. Okay. So? Looking at... The plans don't work, so we make a plan, but then we, because of causes and conditions change, then we notice that we have to shift it this way, just like... A, we, I'm not going to go into detail, but we planned, we even hired an architect and everything to talk about uh, Carmel Lane, this building next door that's empty. It is a, we even put a pretty expensive roof on it to protect what was empty. No, I'm not going to go into a teaching on emptiness. <laughs> oh, I could, but, but, you know, so we do it, we do, nothing was wrong. If nothing has been, we didn't fail at that. We did what we could there, and then the whole thing shifted and started going another. Another direction, and then you had the bright idea to build a Buddha hall. Remember that? That wasn't my idea. So that's where we're at now. Are we going to do that? So it's looking right now. We're going to keep going that direction until something else possibly takes us in another direction. So we need the plan, but it's locking down on the plan that can make it painful or difficult or frustrating. Is that where you're going? When you're bowing, and, and just to take the vision 
that you yes. have and, and make it into a workable yes. plan that we can then engage the community in. So I have, I'm, I'm, the, I'm teaching, I'm sitting here. So I'm, my idea of that is I, I my intention is not a plan. It's just an intention. And I, you, I could even come back and I probably have said it before. I don't care what happens. So I care what happens and I can't, then I have to plan stuff with, you know, grabbing onto some kind of an outcome and make sure everybody marches to the same drummer or something. But intention doesn't that intention just is just intention it's just a vision and it and it you can go different directions and you don't mind because you're not you're not, you're not in charge of anything so when Coben said to somebody years ago get your own authority uh, he knew that I think he knew that there is no authority there's no central authority other than maybe dependent origination and that's not an authority that's just um, the illusion of cause and effect. Anything else from A to Z? Let's see who's on Z. Let's see. Jen Ziegler, don't you have a question? <laughs> Jen Bowling, not. I just went because went to you because you have a Z name, Ziegler. But you don't have one right now. She doesn't. Sorry, Jen. Is there a is there? Thank you. You do. No, thank you. You're welcome. Is there Chisho? Go ahead. I see you're in Gasho. Chishabaling, what does intention even mean in the context of dependent origination? Bye. Very good. It's just, it's, just, uh, it's, it's uh, using the imaginary nature to intend. To, it, you intend. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it is an aspect of Paratantra. It's an aspect of dependent origination where there is the illusion of a self, of someone who could actually intend. I intend to save all beings. Well, you can't do that. There are no beings. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to save them anyway. So it's an intention. It's, it's, a, it's both imaginary and it's both uh, uh, dependently arisen and it's complete perfection because nothing happens. There, there is no... There is no otherness to it. It's just the intention. More questions if you have them, a good direction to ask questions on. I'd like to see what I know about that. Come on, Chisho. Do you want me to get somebody to help you? <laughs> so if there is no intender, then what does intention mean in the first place? It's just, it's just the intention. It's like the it's like the vow. You receive the vow, the Bodhisattva vow to save all beings. You know that's impossible to do. And we even in the teachings we we even know that there are no separate beings. That's an illusion. But we we need to have some way to work with this uh, this uh, relative and absolute bodhicitta so that we can have some kind of a movement, even though it's an uh, illusory, towards a deep understanding rather than to be caught in the turmoil of samsara, going around and around and around chasing our tail. So it's a way of going towards something that is impossible, that is that does not align itself with any kind of uh, construct you, you could call uh, cause and effect. I can say more, especially if you have more questions. Go ahead. So in the case of Buddha Hall, um, like you said, you don't care if it happens or it doesn't happen. But if you have an intention, then the people around you, uh, for them it becomes something else, perhaps. It becomes something to do, something to achieve. Uh, it does. How do, you, how do you work with, these, with the people around you who are fasting onto it, perhaps? Right. 
I just try to avoid them. <laughs> oh, I, someone comes with a, I'm trying to think of somebody who, uh, in the past, who's, uh, let's see, is, is a Kodo on here tonight? I don't know if he was on or not. Kodo, are you here? I don't see him, but it doesn't matter. I can still use that story because he, he won't mind. But uh, what was it he asked about? Why would you Why would you buy this building, or why? I, I, what did I? Bathroom. No. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Why would you put very free very free bathrooms, bathrooms in over here? And spend twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. Why would I spend twenty five thousand dollars to do that, or we spend that much? I come house. And yeah. And so, what did you say to him when he asked you that? Well, you said because well, I want to. I did say because I want to. I don't have any backup for that other than that. It's it's, it's really that simple. That's the intention. This, uh, but all the people who are here would not be here, would not be in this community. And I'm saying, what do we have? A, a little over a dozen people here, and and what uh, a couple dozen maybe on Zoom. It's not very many people, but people keep coming back, and it's the same people. And so there's something uh, that is a uh, that fundamentally makes, uh, you could say, makes sense or shows up as being appropriate, even though it's not understood in a deep way that it might be understood were someone um, like an architect, you know, planning a building or something like that. It's, it goes beyond that. It's a spiritual path. It's, 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 it has mundane aspects to it, but the main thrust or drive of this is the spiritual path. And so... As I sometimes say, you can't follow me because I'm not going anywhere. So what is happening? You have to ask yourself, Jisho or Terry or Jishin or Yuhong or anyone here, why, what, what is it about this? What is it? Why would you even attend, let alone support or give your, your helps financially or otherwise? Why would you do that? There's something about it. And I see it. It's not a promotion. I, I don't have a... Um, some kind of a propaganda or promises. I don't make any promises. It may not be a Buddha hall, but the intention is to do that. And I feel so strongly about that that I've ordered uh, and have an 82-inch high cast Buddha from China that's here now, and there are the two attendants are on their way. No, they're uh, no. They're, they should be on a boat. Yeah, they should be on a boat, but. They're not real attendants, they're sculptures <laughs> from a, from a uh, what do they call those places? What do they call a place where they cast things? Boundary. Right. So they're, they're on their way here. So, shall we go back to the idea of intention again? You can bow in. If Chisho is done. No, go ahead. Yeah, I have a follow-up question about he's asking. So my question is more, Good. Uh, more just uh, more practical. How can we have the patience to see uh, things come into place, such as the Buddha Hall, without too much forcing? At the same time, knowing if something will come, it will come. My question is, how can we know the patience? By I don't know other than just, uh, I, I work, uh, uh, out of uh, intention, intention to do that, but it could change and go another direction. If it does, then, then we'll go another direction. Right now, that's the direction we're going. So I, we're going to have to do some fundraising and we've gotten help, uh, from, uh, several people, Susan Hirschfield for one, and other people that we've actually hired to help us do some fundraising in this area. So, Hopefully, and so far as they hope for anything, we'll we'll pull it together and, and and we'll do it together as a community. If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Just another way of saying it. It could also fall apart. I don't think it will, but good. You hold buying. The intention is for. Go ahead, please. No, I want to hear what you say. Sorry. I'm. Uh, well, you're not going to because I'm waiting for you to talk. <laughs> That's how I get out of saying stuff. Go ahead. You hung. You hung by. You say it. 
Yes. So, uh, my alpha question: If something I really want and、uh, I know is meaningful for myself and for others, if I don't put effort and a force on that, it seems like it will not come to me, no matter it is dependent reason or not. I'm wondering how. Okay. Yeah, how can I、yes. know the balance? Not too much forcing at the same time. Give the、uh, deserved effort to work on that. Bye. The way you do way you do that, since this will not surprise you, is you look at the imbalance in your mind stream without balancing it, without fixing it. You observe the imbalance. If just observing the imbalance, then that which needs to come together and be to use that fancy word again and be balanced will just come about. It comes out of awareness. It doesn't come out of uh, intention, uh, some kind of intention to get control over your karma and somehow create a lot of、uh, a good karma. So you can do it. It has to be done right now, right in what we would refer to as the、uh, present, right now. You combining. So you're saying the awareness、uh, outweighs then. The trying with so so、yes. much effort, just observe my craziness. It's also effort. <laughs> it's also effort. It's just not the pushing aggressive kind of effort. But there's there's effort there. You just return. You hear me say it over and over again. Don't maintain. Just return. Return to your original inspiration to even do anything at all, including be alive. Here we are. We're alive. We're living beings. We might have you might have thirty, forty, fifty years ahead of you. You might have three days.、It、doesn't matter. What matters is, in on this path, matters your intention to see the truth and do all things. Don't cause harm. Support that which is apparently helpful or good, and don't agree, don't disagree, and don't ignore. And that way, your footsteps are always exactly where they need to be. Can't make a mistake. There are no mistakes. Thank you, Bowing. Thank you, Sanju. Sanju Bowing. One more. This question, then we'll stop. Your response to Kodo about the barrier-free bathrooms,、um, saying that you you wanted to. Is it that? Yes, for me it is, but I don't have a story behind it. It's like the some land we just bought、uh, that added on to the three acres out at the Blackstack. We bought seven more acres and paid a fair amount of money for it. And、uh, didn't didn't he ask about that? What are you what are you buying this land for? And I, I don't have anything to say other than I wanted to, and I could, and so we did. And so now. Walk around on it <laughs> in the woods.、Uh, Ondo just returned from a thirty-day solitary retreat out there, and now instead of walking on private property, somebody else's. Now she walks on property that is not. She just has to look out for gunfire in deer season. So you you made use of that area, but the, how do you explain that to to?、Uh, Chicago or anyone to ask why would you buy that or, or these bathrooms over here? We use these. We have people come in for yoga classes, and、uh, young people come in that,、uh, for classes at Chazan and、uh, and Kali Climi,、uh, and then I just say we need those bathrooms. Sano, did you have a question?、Uh, Sano, no, you did say that she's in the last, but. Adding on the senses, I wonder if someone said to Rumi, "Because I say so, or because I want to," that might be seen as disrespectful. But there's clearly a difference. What's the difference between telling Rumi because I say so or because I want to versus when it comes up naturally? So I think in that situation, I, I have known Kodo for a long time. We've had all kinds of discussions.、Uh, he was a Meditation student of mine over twenty years ago, and so、um, I know him pretty well. And I know that no matter what explanation I came up with, he could win. He would talk me out of it because he's smarter than I am. I am not kidding you.
I'm going to say I'm smarter. I'm saying he's more logical, more reasonable, and has a clearer, more pragmatic view of everything. But I am not a pragmatist. I'm a Dharma teacher. So I'm not concerned. If I'm concerned with what happens, then I'm buying right into the very illusion that the whole world is destroying itself with. It's a, it is, you could call it a vision. I don't, I'm not saying I'm a visionary. So I'm kind of a special person. I'm just saying I don't see anything but this. And when I say this, this might also include buying some land. There's nothing happening, and then, then it shows up. Yes, buy that land, just like we bought the two buildings behind us here. But there was no, there's no plan like, well, what are you going to do with those buildings? I don't know. <laughs> what to do with them? Well, people are living in them now, and they're, they're residents of the monastery. Some of them are fully ordained monks. I had no plans to start a monastery. But apparently the monastery had something going on there on its own and decided to do this. Okay, I think we can retire to the eighth year. Hi, my name is Sokaren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokokoji.org. Thank you.